Today's episode is sponsored by an upcoming movie called If. We don't go to the theater a lot as a family, mostly because it's tough to find a movie we're all going to like, but If is one of those movies. It comes out in theaters May 17th. I saw the trailer the other day, and we ended up watching the trailer multiple times to check out all the different imaginary friends that are in it. Some of them are what you would think an imaginary friend would be like, a nice-looking monster, kind of. But other ones are so random, like this one that's a knight and one's a dragon and one is just a banana. And it gets wilder, too, but I'm not going to spoil it all for you. The movie is about this girl who can see imaginary friends, and she goes on this magical adventure to reconnect forgotten imaginary friends with their kids. I know me and my kids are going to enjoy going to the theater for this one, and the cast has tons of our favorite performers like Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Maya Rudolph, Matt Damon, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Emily Blunt. John Krasinski wrote the movie inspired by his own kids' imagination to be funny and exciting for all ages. It looks like a real slam dunk. The movie If releases in theaters May 17th, and we are totally going, so check it out. and welcome to another episode of the Kid Stories Podcast. I'm Phil Bechtel. Today's episode is sponsored by Pipsticks. Postcards and letters are a great way to stay in touch with kids. You can purchase a subscription from Pipsticks so that your favorite little person can get stickers, postcards, and other stationery in the mail every month. You can mail them letters to keep in touch and they can use their subscription materials to send you mail right back. It's a great way to correspond with nieces, nephews, and grandkids. A subscription to Pipsticks is the best way to keep in touch with some young people in your life. Click on the link in the show notes and choose your gift subscription today. Now on to some shout-outs. Chambers, Lev, Mila, and Remington are big fans of the show. I'm so glad you four enjoy the stories. I think if you were characters in the valley, you'd be missed fairies from a faraway island who use their powers to track down thieving pirates. Thanks for listening, Chambers, Lev, Mila, and Remington. Nicholas and Daniel from New Brunswick, Canada, shared a collection of awesome drawings. I think if you two were characters in the valley, you'd be ninja robot makers, and you'd spend your days creating ninja robots to lend out to dojos in need. Thanks for listening, Nicholas and Daniel. And Emlyn from Montana is quite the artist. Her work is very impressive. I think if you were a character in the valley, you'd be a wandering ninja wizard who travels the land offering her fighting skills to people who need help. Thanks for listening, Emlyn. Today's episode is titled Manticore Part 4. Finn and Weston sailed slowly into the dark side. They felt no wind, but the sails billowed and the boat cut through the water. In the pale moonlight, they squinted at the map Hamish made for them. The boys were on high alert, diligently keeping watch at the sea around them. They saw strange creatures unique to the dark side. Flocks of completely black birds flew through the air. Their beaks and legs and every single feather was jet black, creating strange flapping smudges against the moonlit sky. Silvery eels breached the surface of the sea near the boat, slithering along and turning so their white eyes could get a look at Finn and Weston as the boys leaned over the side of the boat. 
They sailed past other islands and listened intently as strange sounds filtered through the trees and out into the ocean around them. They saw sources of light through the trees, gently flashing bugs and light reflecting off the eyes of hidden creatures and odd glowing animals crawling on the sandy beaches. The brothers were entirely out of their element. They felt unsafe in a place they knew so little about. Still, they sailed on and on, keeping a close eye on the world around them. That island we're passing now is here on the map, said Weston, pointing for his brother to see. It looks like we're about halfway to the Lady in the Lake. As the boat sailed near some craggy rocks jutting up out of the water, a thunk sound came from the side of the boat. What was that? said Finn. Did we hit a rock? The boys rushed to the side of the boat and looked over the railing. Down near the water, stuck to the side of the boat, was a bright red tentacle. Oh no, we gotta get that off of there, said Finn. He revealed his staff and blasted the tentacle with precise aim. A thin blue blast of magic zapped the tentacle and it released from the boat, falling back down into the water. Before the brothers could react, the sea around the boat began to bubble as if the water were boiling. They heard thunking sounds from all sides of the boat and it rocked violently. Weston was knocked to the deck of the boat and he scrambled to grab some exploding goofballs. Finn leaped up onto the mast of the ship, climbing higher to try and see what exactly was attacking them. From higher up near the top of the mast, Finn saw tentacles everywhere. All around, bright red tentacles lashed up out of the water, whipping through the air and smashing against the boat. Weston found his footing and took aim out in the water. He had to be sure the explosion was far enough away that it wouldn't damage the boat. He tossed a few goofballs out into the sea, hoping the impact would scare off this creature. The explosions blasted water up into the air like a geyser. White foam and ocean spray filled the air but the creature continued its assault. Tentacles whipped all the way up to the deck now, right next to Weston. They clung to the wood and pulled the boat to one side. Weston smashed a tentacle with his fighting stick, and it lost its grip, writhing and wiggling in pain. As the bright red tentacle quivered near him, Weston got a better look at the thing. Instead of suckers lining the underside of each tentacle like a regular octopus, this beast's tentacles were lined with mouths, and inside each little mouth were razor-sharp teeth. Weston turned around and noticed tentacles whipping up onto the deck all over the boat. He imagined more tentacles stuck to the underside of the boat, out of view. Thousands of razor-sharp teeth gripped into the wood of the boat, pulling and tugging and jerking. From up on the mast, Finn realized the same thing. Whatever this awful beast was, it was too big for them to handle. The boat wouldn't last much longer as they heard the wood creak and moan as the tentacles squeezed and crushed. Weston looked up to Finn and called out, I'm coming up! We gotta go! He scrambled up the tall mast and grabbed a handful of exploding goofballs from his bag. Weston didn't need to explain himself. He and Finn were thinking the same thing as they had so many times before. Weston dropped the goofballs onto the deck of the ship. Then he and Finn leaped out into the ocean from the top of the ship's mast. As they fell down into the water, the goofballs exploded. The blast sent a shockwave through the water in all directions. A bright fireball flashed from the deck of the ship and ripped 
the wooden boat to shreds. The creature holding the boat shrieked some awful sound beneath the water, and its tentacles whipped about angrily. Finn and Weston frantically swam to the shore of the nearby island. The explosion did well to distract the beast, giving the brothers enough time to climb onto the nearby rocks sticking up from the water. They leaped from rock to rock onto the island until they reached the tree line. They knelt just inside the trees, catching their breath and watching the remains of their boat sink into the ocean. For a while, they didn't say anything. There wasn't much to say as they processed their situation and thought through their options. I think we need to make shelter, suggested Finn. We get some sleep and try to make a boat in the morning. There is no morning, Finn, said Weston. It only gets darker once the moon goes down, remember? Finn then remembered that this was nighttime. The moon and stars were out, but there was no daytime coming in the morning. The morning would see the setting of the moon and more darkness. Then we gotta start building a boat now, I guess, said Finn. Let's see what kind of wood those trees are made of. Finn and Weston were seasoned outdoorsmen. They had made many boats before, and making another seaworthy vessel was no big deal. As they hacked at trees and broke branches, someone approached from within the thick forest. She emerged from between two huge plants and said, Hello. Finn and Weston both jumped in surprise. Even Finn's hypersensitive cat ears didn't hear her approach. The boys instinctively revealed their weapons until they saw who the voice came from. A little girl, barefoot and wearing a simple dress. Her brown curly hair bounced gently as she walked toward them. Who are you? asked Weston. I am Juna, said the little girl. Who are you? I'm Weston, and this is my brother Finn, said Weston. Where are your parents? Oh, I don't have parents. Not like you, anyway, said Juna. You're from the light side, right? Yeah, how do you know? asked Weston. I know most things here in the dark side, and I don't know you. So I figure you must come from someplace else, said Juna. Are you alone out here? asked Finn. This place isn't safe for a kid to just be out walking alone, you know? I know I look like a kid, but I am not what you know to be a human child, said Juna. I am certainly the oldest thing you have ever met, and I am certainly much safer here on the dark side than you are. So do not concern yourself with my safety. You should be more concerned with your own safety, it seems. Yeah, that's for sure, said Weston. Our boat got wrecked by some beast and now we've got to make a new one. Where are you going? asked Juna. Well, we're on a quest of sorts to go to the moon, but we were told the Lady of the Lake could get us there, so we're looking for her, said Finn. I don't recommend it, said Juna, a sad look growing on her face. The Lady of the Lake is not nice. But everyone who comes here looking for the Lady has already made up their mind, so I'm sure you have as well. We have, said Finn. She's our only option. And what do you mean when you say she isn't nice? 
I've told you enough of your story, said Juna. You'll need to just get on with it, I think. And I can take you there. Finn and Weston lit up. You can? Oh, that'd be awesome. Thank you so much, said Weston. The boys gathered their things and followed Juna through the forest to the other side of the island where her boat was bobbing up and down in the water. Are we really going to follow some strange orphan girl we just met? Finn whispered to Weston as they walked. I think it's our best option, said Weston. Besides, she seems nice. Finn was a bit more skeptical of Juna, but he agreed that all their other options probably ended up with them being eaten by a giant red squid beast. Juna's boat was very small. It was not really the type of boat that one took out sailing in the ocean. It was the kind of boat made for fishing on little ponds. But it cut through the water like the biggest pirate ship. The waves splashed into the sides of the boat, but it wasn't knocked around by the water. It just rocked a little bit. Juna and her little boat sailed on the ocean as if the water were serving her, lifting and pushing her along to her destination. Weston and Finn felt safe on her boat. This strange little girl seemed to have no fear. And soon, their heavy eyelids closed, and the brothers fell asleep, rocking gently in Juna's boat. The End Thanks for listening, everyone. Check out the website at kidstoriespodcast.com. Send all your drawings and things to kidstoriespodcast at gmail.com. Find many more episodes at patreon.com forward slash kidstoriespodcast. Adios.